Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show today. We have Erin. Hi. Erin, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, for those of us who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little, just a little bit of who Erin is? A little bit. Okay. Um, I am a mom of three. I married Jake 11 years ago. Um, I have a little farm over in Kitsap County. Um, I don't know if this is a local based, no, our kids are close to Seattle, across yeah. from Seattle. Okay. Um, and I have a side gig that's turning into like a major gig, which is a film business. So I do videography for families and commercial shoots. Yeah. That's so cool. It's so cool. You do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. A lot of things. I had a friend recently just tell me, she was like, Hey PS, you have a lot of irons in the fire. And I was like, Oh really? Do you think so? And she started to list them for me. And I was like, okay, stop. I get it. I get your point. <laughs> you're like, you're overwhelming. I'm me. a little stop. bit, I'm overwhelmed my own <laughs> life. Clearly. Okay. Well actually I want to bring it back to when I first met you. Let's do that. Because technically I have known you for ever, ever, forever. I mean, like if you count it like over 10 years, Cause yeah. I was working at the buckle when I was, 18. I wasn't married. So that's no. at least a deck over a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. that I also don't want to age us too much. That's so not age us. I'm okay. proud of those years. I mean, <laughs> I a, like, few of, a few of them we can leave in the dark, but yeah, yeah. proud of them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we used to work together at the buckle yep. and by work together, you were more of a mentor sure. for me than, mm-hmm. than anything else. And you were a friggin' ball of fire back then. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I remember it would be like, Hey, we're going to do this. And you'd be like, actually, we're going to do that better. And it would be this whole game plan of like, so it's funny because I watch you today and I'm like, that's just been you from like the oh, beginning. That's interesting. Someone's sure. like, here's how you do this. And you're like, wait a second, let me just add mm-hmm. all this to it. Okay. Why it leave it at that? Like when we can do all of these things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So also fast forward to now mm-hmm. I've, we somehow move back into the same area Amazing. and connect at old Navy, old Navy. And here we are. Yeah, I know. And I'm thankful for that. Me too. No, it was super fun running into you. And yeah. like one of those moments where you're like, oh, is this somebody from my past that I like, what do I have to apologize for? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Cause you were like, I know you. Well, you're honestly, it was the- your voice. I was okay. like, I know that woman. And I know that I love her. I just hope she likes me. <laughs> Cause I don't remember where we knew each other from for like a split second. And then like two and then seconds just- and I'm like, oh my gosh, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause, um, I had actually seen you before we moved to Bremerton one time at the uh, Fred Meyer in Port Orchard. But I didn't see you? No, I was walking in really quick to get blueberries because my son was like, I have to get blueberries. And they were in the car. And I remember I was like, gosh, I know her. I know her. And you had three little ones. And Uh I thought, that's so weird. And when I walked out, I was like, that's Erin. And it took me a second because you didn't have kids then. Oh, totally. When I no, knew I mean, you. When I just came in here now, I'm like, who'd you marry? Like, how'd your life turn out? Yeah. I, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Craziness. Yes. Okay, so we part ways of the buckle. Yes. And you then go into this whole world of motherhood. So walk us through. Oh, man. It would have been a few. It, it took me probably like five years since I saw you, since I like you and I had worked together um, at the buckle before I became a mom. Sorry, what was your question though? Just like walk us through that journey of mm. motherhood. So, um, I was, when we were working together in Silverdale, I was, um, 
like long distance relationship with my now husband, Jake, okay. and yeah. trying to figure out what in the world am I going to do next. And so when I left working in Silverdale with you, um, it was like headed into getting married, getting engaged, getting married, and then um, like co full-time job with a husband for five years, probably. Yeah. Cause you guys worked at the same place. We did. We like, he was a manager. I was an assistant. Um, we did a lot of like mutual traveling for the company together. Super fun years. Like probably some of my most favorite memories are those years when we were just like jiving side by side. And can yeah. I just say like to work in a professional capacity with your spouse might kill you yeah. or it might set your marriage up for like, we know how to do this kind mm -hmm. of crap together, which is why we want to be in business together so badly is because we work really well like yeah. that together. Um, maybe some of our employees at the time would have disagreed, <laughs> but, but sure. I think we worked really well together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we did that for a long time. And then we moved around store to store, ended up back in Puyallup and that's where I ended up quitting and we got pregnant and mm -hmm. I was mom from then on. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So you got, you quit and then you got pregnant. Yeah, we planned it. Well, we, we, oh man, that's hard to remember. I can't remember if we got pregnant before I quit the first time. We lost okay. our first baby. I'm and then, yeah. And then, um, I don't remember those details were fuzzy somewhere in there. Okay. We knew if we're going to get pregnant, if we're going to plan this for where we wanted our family, I wanted to be home with a baby. Yeah. Um, somewhere in there before then I went to school, got my degree in early childhood education. It's like I have oh, this cool. massive okay. degree that I no longer use. Yeah. <laughs> Other than it's really helpful of being a mom. <laughs> like, yeah. I have like a degree in teaching birth through seven. And so like, that's the season that I'm in is birth through seven. Were you gonna do that? That yeah. was your plan? Okay. I taught preschool in a um, low income preschool capacity. It's called ECAP, the state funds for low income families to have quality education for their kids. Oh, that's cool. So I taught it and where I was teaching was largely um, Hispanic families. So I taught in Spanish four-year-olds preschool. Oh, wow. It was wildly fun, like super fun. And that's I'm fluent cool. in Spanish if you're four. So like if you want to talk Play-Doh and colors and shapes, I'm <laughs> super fluent. Like then their parents would come in and I'm like, yeah, JK, go talk to somebody else. Yeah. Like you lost me at anything over Play-Doh. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. So you did that while you had your kids? No, nope, before? before. Yep. Okay. So I did that before. In fact, I think I was part-time buckle, part-time um, teaching. Okay. You did mm -hmm. both. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then we, yeah, we decided we're like, it's time. We're going to do the family thing. Um, and got pregnant, lost that baby 12 weeks in super mm. hard season. And the way we got through that was to get a dog. That was our like okay. not ready to get pregnant. So we'll take care of something else. That was a dumb choice. Love that dog, but like, whoa, um, not yeah. the same as having a baby. Um, and so we just don't, that hole was still there. So I think we waited a year and got pregnant again. And, um, I think, I think at that time I was maybe nannying and I nannied all the way up till I was about a month before my due date. Mm. And then I, I was home with my little kid. So I was like carrying around an eight month old baby eight months pregnant, confusing everyone everywhere that I went. Wow. Which was super fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I yeah. bet people were like, hmm. what's happening here? Which is funny though, because I feel like when you become pregnant, people get more guts to come up to you and ask you certain questions. What is that about? I don't know. Mm -mm. When I would be pregnant, people would be like, oh. Right? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. If I wasn't pregnant, you would, would you touch my even, body? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even look at me. I know. I think it's, a, here's the thing. I think it's mutual ground. I think especially for other women, it's yeah. like a, icebreaker that they just take as an opportunity and I get it and I I'm there for it but like I think we just take it a little far right yeah just some people do yeah. like for sure when I see someone who's expecting I am so excited for them totally because I don't know what their journey was like right. or what they're feeling or what they're excited like I'm so excited for them maybe yeah. they're a surrogate maybe they're so, like it's so cool whatever journey they're on um I never feel like I want to go up to them though and be like, 
is this your first, what are you having? How many, like, I just, right. the things people would come up and ask me, I'd be like, that is so weird. It's super personal. <laughs> no one ever asks me this. Even with Grayson now, no one asks me. I it's know. just like being pregnant. It's like this opening of I like, know. tell me about your future now. And even the fact that we're in 2020 and there are so many ways to get pregnant, so many stories behind why you're pregnant. Like yes. we should tread even lighter and still somehow it's like the one thing we all forget our manners and we just like, yeah. Bleh, bleh. Interesting. Mm -hmm. It is interesting. Okay. So I'm, I am really sorry to hear that you lost your first. That's yes. super hard. Super hard. I have no clue what that's like. And yeah. I'm, I can imagine it's a dark road. Mm -hmm. When you got pregnant with your second, mm -hmm. how long did that take you to, did you ever get over the fact of like, oh my gosh, this could be really like fleeting and temporary? Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of like trepidation going into being pregnant again mm -hmm. that you kind of don't want to, I, I knew how like doe-eyed I had been the first time around. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh man, that, you know, sweet young girl, even just a year ago, um, it ages you to lose a baby. And there's lots of things in life. I think that grow us up way quicker than just like normal timeline would have. And that's one of them because, um, you just, you are much more aware of some of the hard things in life than, mm -hmm. um, than I, you probably should have to be, you know, especially I got pretty pregnant, pretty young at 23. And looking back, I was an infant. I was an infant when we got married. I was a toddler when we got mm -hmm. pregnant the first time and had no idea how to handle those emotions, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, thankfully, my mom had had a couple miscarriages and walked me through it pretty well. Um, but, like, she's a completely different personality than me, a lot less emotional. Um, but thankfully, I married a guy who just, like, whatever. Like, we'll just sit here until you're ready to say something, and we'll just talk it out, and we'll mm. figure it out. We took lots of time. Um, and then we got pregnant again. It was, it was really nerve wracking to, um, you know, I'm already a pretty fear-based person, a like super worst case scenario thinker all the time. Um, and so any lack of movement or, uh, gosh, any symptom I could turn into a symptom mm -hmm. was like a WebMD, Google, you know, like yeah, where Jake yeah. would be like, Hey, I'm taking your phone. No, you can't do that anymore. Um, so it was pretty, it was scary. Yeah. It, I had very similar things. Like I remember Dustin, got on a plane and everything was fine. And then by the time he landed, I was like on my way to the doctor's <laughs> crying. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's the first time I'm leaving. I just, I had that just because I knew of these stories. Right. I couldn't imagine being in that right. space of like, I've actually experienced that. Yeah. And then to feel that fear because I've, it's hard. I know that scariness being there. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know what it feels like when the feeling is real and it's scary again. Yeah, heavy. it is really heavy. Um, mm -hmm. To be honest, like people ask us all the time if we're going to like go for the boy. I have three girls, seven, four, mm. and two. And they like, it's like the best, kind of like when you're pregnant, it's like another open door opportunity to be like, are you going to go for the boy? Like, do you know what you're actually asking me when you say that question? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so we thought a lot about it. Are we going to, are we done? Are we going to have the fourth kid? That's like a whole different scenario. Like family of five going to from three kids to four kids is a really big jump. And I can say that one of my big factors for not having another kid yet at least is fear and just mm. am I ready to like do that again like can my heart handle what it what a mom's heart does every time you say yes to the journey of creating a life that has a mind of its own and you don't have any control really over whether this life gets to like make it to 12 weeks 20 weeks full term and then what happens you know yeah. and I mean any mother knows that from the minute you're pregnant your mom because you're just like you have the fear depending on how much you're giving into it or not, but it's there. Yeah. And, um, I mean, all the different stories of how that journey can take us. Well, and I think to your point of like, it, I, I actually have learned through doing this mm -hmm. journey of mind of mine to mm -hmm. not ask that question of mm -hmm. like when you're going to have kids or if you're going to have sure. another kid, cause you just don't know what that journey was like to get there 100%. or what journey they're on right now. Right. Um, 
So I'm very thankful for that because yeah. I feel like that was a really normal conversation. Like, oh, you just got married. When are you going to have kids? Like, yeah. what's the next step? And you just, that's just not everybody's it's journey. Not. But I think to your second point, which is like, what you're asking someone to do is to bring a human into the world. And right. it is hard yeah. to do that. I mean, it's, it's physically really hard, hard, but on your heart to say like, not only are you ready to open up your heart to loving a whole other person and everything they bring into your world, mm -hmm. but then you're loving something that is really, really fragile. And like I said, being a worst case scenario thinker, like our world is a terrifying place to live. And there are so many things that could go wrong. Like I always, yeah. um, I haven't said this to my kids, thankfully, oh, when they're older, but I always tease Jake that my husband, that, um, they're, they're just like one second away from dying at all times. Mm. They're just one possibility away from not being right here with me at all times. Yeah. Um, and his response is always, but they're also trying to live. Mm. And I, I guess Michelle's thinking about it because they are like, they're just little fighters staying alive. And, mm -hmm. um, it's just, for me, I have two choices to be a mom. I can be a mom who is driven by fear or a mom who lives in faith. And, um, it's a really fine line. Sometimes it's both. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's, I've learned that you can be scared and also brave at the same time. It's mm -hmm. not one or the other. Yeah. Uh, it's an and feeling. Um, but yeah, bringing another one into the world is, is just, it's still that question. And I think, um, it's, that's more of a healthy fear. I want to give it the respect that it deserves yeah, yeah. because it is a big decision. You're, you mm -hmm. know, taking control of a whole nother life and, you know, promising to honor it as best as you can. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Life is fragile. And mm -hmm. I would say now more so than ever, I think right. we're all a little bit more reminded of that. Mm -hmm. And, and I do think that that fear, you're right. I get what you're saying of like, it's a healthy fear right. to like go down that path. Um, I also just think it's okay to have that fear. Of course. Like it's okay to be like, you know, no, I'm okay with just this, or this mm -hmm. is where I'm at. Right. And like, or no, I'm terrified to leave my son because what if something happens? Like, I feel like as moms, we kind of feel like we have to be brave all the time. Right. And just a couple of nights ago, Grayson had his first real nightmare. Oh, like I, I totally pushed the level of like what he could watch because I grew up with land before time oh. and I was like, Oh, I love land before none time. none of these movies are kid movies. They're awful. All the Disney movies. Like uh, we watched awful. these. <laughs> they're yes. terrible. So I, I start, and the mom always dies. I'm like, Lord, the stuff we took on Literally. as Literally, yeah. And our mom, like, mom's like, didn't even know, right? Yeah. And yeah, now as play. moms, we're so aware. Like, yes. what is my kid watching? Yeah, it's funny how that comes So we watched that. Mm -hmm. And then I also introduced, there's like this Lion Guard. It's like a spinoff of The Lion King. Okay. And the first episode was really funny and sweet. And it's just like about how... Like, you don't have to be a lion to be a brave person, oh. all this stuff. So it was great premise of the show, but there's hyenas and they're bad. And I didn't think Grayson could understand that because right. it's more like emotionally they're bad sure. or, rather than physically. It doesn't really show it on the show. Anyways, long story short, he saw a fox in his bed. I'm sure the oh, fox is actually a, a hyena. hyena. Anyway, so he comes into our room and I'm realizing it's like the first time he's in our room for like actual comfort rather oh. than like, oh, I just want to, he comes into our room a lot. And sure. I, it's exhausting. Maybe pee uh, through, whatever. Uh -huh. um, but this, I sat awake and I thought, oh my gosh, this is like the first time he's like, I actually, like, I need, I need you, you to comfort yeah. me. And it was this moment of, this is really sweet. And then also I was like, I don't think I'm ready for this. Oh. Of like, how do you be, so brave and be like, I've got you like no big deal. We're going to figure this out. And then also inside be like, I actually don't know what that noise was. And oh. should I go look downstairs? Mm -hmm. And is the alarm on like all these just normal thoughts? I thought, gosh, if this was something different. Yeah. 
can I show up for him and be like brave, but also be super terrified at the same time? Yeah. Of like, oh my God, this, cause that's the other thing that we don't talk about when we go into like this motherhood journey. It's not just like getting pregnant and having a baby. No. It's like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, you're raising a person. Stuff happens. Yeah. And do I give him too much and then right. I have to reel back or do I give him not enough? And then he's asking for more and he's asking elsewhere. It's like, yes, the stuff, I mean, he's two and right. I'm already like, shoot. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff I got to figure out. Yeah. Right. And thankfully, like, hopefully the issues we're dealing with start small mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we can learn on the little ones yes. because the big ones are coming for sure. Yeah. But no, it's very, very true. I, um, trying to figure out how to balance your own fear with their own fear and mm. like, put yours in the back burner to deal with theirs. And then yours is still there. Go back and deal with it. It's a whole thing. Well, and like how much of it do you share? Right. Do you say like, well, no, I really am scared. Mm -hmm. Cause then it's like, well, wait a second. Am Mm -hmm. I comforting them by telling them that? Right. Like, are you, you're not alone in this. I have scared too. And now they're terrified. Cause like their protector is also terrified. Wait, mom's scared. So now I'm scared. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. Okay. It's interesting. You said that you are a fear-based person Mm. because from my end Mm -hmm. of the Instagram screen, yes, you don't seem very fearful. Oh, good. It's working. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you really take, for me, it's fascinating because we're in this world of like, okay, you're a mom, but you can be more. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. I mm-hmm. also think there's a line of like, don't put too much pressure because being a mom is enough. enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also like this, I do want more. Right. Like I do, I, I feel more. I have this passion for more. So from my end of it, yeah. you you do a lot of things that in my mind I would be fearful of. I would be mm. like, interesting. How does she have time for that? How does she balance family? Mm. So, so not, you're not scared of the thing I'm actually doing, but taking it on in addition to what I'm already doing. Well, I'm not a photographer. So oh. yes, I'd be terrified of that because <laughs> okay. I have no clue what I'm doing, sure. but it's more just like how you do certain things. Like I see you show up as a mom, mm-hmm. like just kind of naturally. Yeah. And then also I see you show up for yourself in like these passions. Yeah. So like take off the filter and tell me like how you do that if you are this fear-based person yeah. also. Yeah. Well, let me just like blow the top off. It's not okay. as pretty as, I mean, nothing is as pretty as it looks on sure, Instagram, but course. for sure not that. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, there's that whole conversation like balance. What's that mean? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a thing. I mean, can you even, is it definable even for yourself versus person to person? I don't think so. Um, It is really hard. So I'll get to the fear part of how that plays in later, but like basically we're all just trying to figure out how to be the best mom we can be. And I think that for some of us, that's just sticking with that one role. Um, For me personally, I'm not as good of a mom unless I'm out working my creative bone and my Mm -hmm. mental, emotional, like getting those, using those muscles and making those stronger, giving back to the world and taking a little for myself in the process like that makes me come home with more patience, with more energy. Um, because I think it's really easy to, I want to use this word carefully, not lose yourself into motherhood, Mm -hmm. but, um, you are a person. There is still a soul inside of you and motherhood strips you of every selfish. If it hasn't yet, it's trying to. Um, so you have to retain a little bit of who you are in there and you have to fight for it a little Mm -hmm. bit. Mm -hmm. So my like pro con of, do I take something else on or, or have I, do I have enough on my plate always comes back to that question is, is this going to make me a better mom with the job I already took? Like, that's not one I get to quit on. That's the Mm -hmm. one that's my role. I've taken it on. It's my identity forever. 
So if I'm staring down something as small as this person wants to meet for coffee because they have a project they want to talk to me about or like actually take on an entire job or um, a huge new role in life, like from large to small, I still weigh it on, is this going to feed into who I am, which will then invest in my family? Or Mm -hmm. is this going to drain me in a way that will then take from my family? Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So when you make these decisions, is it like, because when you say like coffee, it's interesting when you're like, go to coffee or these big decisions, Mm -hmm. which I think is a beautiful way to put it. Like, do you feel like you do it pretty instantly or is it something you're kind of like, let me think about this for a second and weigh out some options? Or is it just like, these are the things that I'm never going to say no to because they're mine? Yeah. Like, did you start that list before you jump into this or is this just like every situation possible you kind of go back and think about it? I think it's a lot of trial and error in a way, at least at the beginning. I think, Mm -hmm. um, if my kids would stop growing and stop changing, I'd like nail it. And I could be like, here's my list. Like these are the ones that are yeses and these are the no's, but they change and their seasons of life change. Um, which means mine therefore change also on Mm -hmm. top of like, I'm still growing. I'm still not who I was 10 years ago. So we're all over here, like in our own little worlds, growing and changing. And as soon as I feel like I figured it out for this season, I swear it changes. We all say that, Mm -hmm. right? Like I nailed it. Crap. They're older my daughter's in cheerleading now. And like, she has all these different needs from me. And like this weekend we've like the basketball team has a tournament, which means the cheerleaders have a tournament, which means now I have a tournament. Right. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, well I had plans, but I guess not anymore. So it's a whole thing. And I'm always trying to evaluate like on a day-to-day basis for sure. Um, everything I do, I have to decide, is this worth the energy it's going to cost me? And like, what's the cost reward of, of this? So yeah, I think like to answer your question, I think it is very decision by decision by decision for mm-hmm. me. But I also um, try to like take inventory of the seasons as they come, whether that's like at the end of a month or the end of a quarter or for sure the end of a year to say, okay, like step back, get some perspective, what stuff took away from us this year and what added to us this mm-hmm. year. Um, even if I'm just driving home from like a shoot or like something like this, it's super natural for me to just like check and balance really fast. Like, how mm-hmm. do I feel right now? Am I walking home expecting my family to pick up the pieces that I'm coming home with? Like if mm-hmm. I'm broken and exhausted and that drained me, that's their problem now because yeah. they've lost what I should be bringing to the table or even just like middle road. Now I'm empty and they're going to have to fill me back yeah. up and they didn't ask for that. And yeah. that's where I feel like my mom job has to come first. I can't put that on them. Yeah. But if I'm driving home and I'm like souped up, excited, I'm a badass. I'm like doing all these awesome yeah, yeah. things. And I've like checked all these boxes. Like my, my brain has been used. I feel empowered. I walk in my front door, like unstoppable, yeah. right? Like I'm yeah. ready to be on the floor playing with my kids. I want to hear about their day. Like somehow that gives me massive amounts of energy. Yeah. And if as moms, we're not stopping to say what gives me energy and what takes it, like stop, we got to start way over, yeah. start from scratch, yeah. make that list for yourself. Even if it just takes like you at the end of a day, what today took and what today gave, or, um, just in general, like what kinds of activities take from me and what take from me or give to me, what relationships take and what give you got to know that stuff yeah. about yourself. Yeah. Agreed. I will say <clears throat> when I first had Grayson, I totally dealt with identity loss. I sure. was I was so important in my big job and I had this career in front of me and then I quickly realized I wasn't that important to them and like I wasn't as big of a role and then I obviously was kind of taking on like your whole world just changes when you become a mom and I never really understood that because I've heard it said so much and I actually probably didn't understand it until I started 
this you know? journey, how much it had taken from me. But I totally get what you're saying of like, it's, there are things that take away per se, I'm doing like yeah. air quotes uh-huh. of like your mom role, mm-hmm. but what does it do to fill you up, fill right. you up? Because right. when I leave an interview, like when I leave a mom's house, I am, I am a, the best version of me. Yes. The version that like when I would kick ass in, an, in a training or I, yes. would, I would sit in a room full of men in a conference room and be like, no, you will listen to yes. me. Like when I would do these things at work that would like fill me with fire mm-hmm. and I would walk down the hallways, like watch out, yeah. move, your papers are going to go flying. Yeah. It's that same feeling when I come home with Grayson that I'm like, dude, your mom just like kicked it. Yeah. Like, I took the world and I did something different today. Yes. And I, I'm so glad you said that because it's taken me a long time to realize that that's what this journey has brought me to, even though it's like hours of editing and we were talking about this before (laughs) we started and like scheduling interviews and Mm -hmm. having to be like, no, it's not always pretty. It's not always that badass feeling. Yes. Mm -hmm. But when I get that badass feeling, it's like, that's the person I'm like, Grayson, this is totally who I am. And it's not that motherhood, like I lost myself. I did in Mm -hmm. a way that has changed. But it's like when I have those moments, I can say to Grayson, like, this is the person that like made me get through the years of life before I had you. Exactly. And it's, and it's the person I love. And so like, how cool is it to show that to them? And it's, I mean, it's not, it's not like it's the core of who you are, but it's this whole side of you, um, that they absolutely deserve to see. I think it's empowering. I think it's exciting. And to be honest, like, I wouldn't say that it's the mom in me who goes out and films corporate shoots, but sure. But it, um, it affects her somehow, right? Like yeah. going and being that person and putting on that coat for a minute. It's not like the essence of who I am. It for sure is like a, it's a, it's a, a hat I wear, but, mm-hmm. um, it does make the essence of who I am, which I think really is a mom. Like that's who I am all the way down to my core. Yeah. Um, it makes her better somehow. So even though I come home and I I don't bring the same skill set that I just used, like I'm refreshed. I am the best version of that essence of who I am for my family. Mm -hmm. And then it has this really cool effect where um, I'm not sure. I'd like to meet a mom who doesn't struggle with mom guilt because I'm not sure that actually okay, exists. Okay, good. I wanted to get right? here. So let's because it it's up. hard to walk away. It's hard. Your kid is sad that you're leaving. Mine mm-hmm. was this morning. And how do you reconcile that in your brain? Like, is this hurting them? Is it helping them? We were just talking about, am I sending them to therapy by having yeah. a part-time job, right? Yeah. As if we don't already struggle with the fear and the worries and the guilt. Like, you've mm-hmm. got this, this whole piece to it. Um, and so I think this conversation, this does it take from me or does it give to me is where, where you have to land so that when you're walking away from your kid and they're sad and they don't quite get it and you're, you're taking away yourself from your family for a minute because you can't have a job without doing that. If it is an investment in your family indirectly because it makes you better, mm-hmm. I don't have any guilt about it. Yeah. But if I leave a coffee and I've met with this person who just drained me dry of every mm. ounce of patience and energy I have. Yeah. And it was a bad investment. And I go home now needing a bath and alone time. My family is, is sacrificing for something they didn't ask for. Yeah. Right. So those are the ones where I say, crap, that sucked, but don't do it again. At least try not to, right. Don't yeah. walk bl- op- don't, maybe blindly, but don't open face, walk into a situation that I know is going to drain me dry and ask my family to p- fill me back up. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Like you might actually run into that again. Sure. Obviously. It will happen a hundred percent. But now, you know, like 
at least with that individual, or you right. can start to like figure you it do. out. You like, really do. You start to kind of get this, like you find your road in there. You mm-hmm. see your lane, like, oops, too far to the right. Oops, too far to the left. This is my sweet spot where I can leave my kids and know they will be better. We will all be bettered because I'm leaving right now. Or, wow. you know, I'm walking out the door and this is not worth it. And this sucks. And like, it's mm-hmm. only worth it if I learn it. If, if I, it it's still worth the lesson if I am that much stronger at not making that again. Yeah. Man, I, I'm going to steal that because I think that's really important. Like I deal with a lot of mom guilt okay. because my passions don't provide an income. Mm. Like they are just full on, like my soul yeah. is on fire. Yeah. So I get that feeling like the mm-hmm. bad, like I'm coming home and I'm just like kicking open doors, like watch out mom's here. Yeah. Like here I come. But I, I don't have like, so you can't it's, say it's, it's worth costing the paycheck. money totally. to do this. I'm finding someone to help. Sure. I'm taking time away from Dustin and his work he's doing sure. with his job. And so it's like, he, not just can you babysit, but like, can you take away? Well, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. I said babysit. But can you watch oh, for him? Dustin. <laughs> not for him. I meant for no, everyone. I get it. I get he it. hates that word. So who with dad doesn't? Yes. So he, you know, if I'm like, you watch him, mm-hmm. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, I'm just really pulling from a lot of this stuff. So I deal a lot with like guilt just in yeah. general. But I don't, I don't know if I spend the time to be like, did this take, did this add? Right. So that I can at least just feel at peace with the situation. Well, here's the thing. It can either bring you income and help your family in a financial way, or it can give you emotional income and help your family in like a sure more meaningful way Yeah. where now you have invested in yourself to where now you can invest in your family and they will feel direct results. So I think, yeah, if you're out there, pouring yourself into a hobby that mm-hmm. drains you dry and then you come home and you feel bad about it. I get that. Cause that sounds sucky. Yeah. So maybe you're in the wrong hobby or maybe right, you're, right. if, if, if it's either the thing you're doing that's draining you that you need to switch gears or are you not stopping to say to yourself, Hey, I just took everything I needed out of that. And I feel awesome. How am I going to pour this back into my family? What yeah. way will this indirectly benefit them? And then everybody wins. Yeah. I think it is just having that like internal conversation with yourself. Cause then you don't dwell on it. It's right. like mom guilt already takes enough from us. Yes. We don't need to like keep coming back to things that we can already just like, okay, put the bow on that. Like, Oh, hundred percent. I felt good about it. I don't feel good about it. This is what I learned. Move forward. That kind of brings us full circle to, to wow. Full circle to fear because mm. I think fear is really the root of guilt. Fear is the root of most all the things like when you're saying you're guilty or you're struggling with mom guilt you're really just fearful that you're hurting them you're fearful that you're making a mistake right it's just another different word but I think um the anti antidote really to fear is stopping and looking at square in the face Mm. and saying okay you don't just get to dwell here underneath my surface while I'm up here busy working trying to deny you stop and say what am I feeling guilty about what is it that I feel like I'm doing that's so, so wrong mm-hmm. and work it out. And, and if it is wrong and at the end of the day, it's not where you should be spending your time, deal with it. Yeah. But, but maybe probably most likely you're just scared or you're fearful of something that you're doing to hurt your family. And I bet we can always tweak it in a way, maybe with a little bit of work or effort or, um, even help sometimes where we can make it a positive benefit to our family. Yeah. But yeah, I think just letting it f- like fester there, that guilt, yeah. um, purposing to stop and ask yourself, what is this problem? Let's work it out. And then like breathe it away and move on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too is like, 
I think a lot of women don't step into like their passions because they feel like if I do this, then I am a bad mom. It's like mm-hmm. almost like the mom guilt or the fear is just too big to even like step into oh, it. Yeah. So they don't even get to have these conversations. Yes. And it's like, it's okay to go after something. I mean, sometimes you just got to have like your kid with you when you're yeah, well, doing it. And like, and we can totally talk about how many businesses I've failed at. If like, that's a fun conversation, like yeah. it takes some risk. And I'm not saying like, it's pretty to get to a place where you found your passion. It's benefiting you. It's benefiting your family. Like, that's the dream, right? Yeah, We're all yeah. shooting for that, but sure. you're never going to get there unless mm-hmm. you step out of that comfort zone and you will risk. And that is hard. I will say asking your family to sacrifice while you work at this hobby for five months and then you realize, oops, that wasn't it for me. Do you look back and you say, crap, that was bad for everybody and didn't even get me anywhere? Well, it only got you anywhere if you don't use that as a launching off point to like, mm-hmm. now what? What is my next right thing? And and be brave, step out. Like don't, yeah. don't be scared of the wrong things where now it's holding you back so much, fear is just keeping you behind your door. Yeah, so good. Oh my gosh, I could just talk to you for hours about this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, when we're in the realm of soul. fear, like you're in my boxing. Yeah, ring, this so. is, this is it. I like <laughs> this. Okay. So, um, obviously you're a badass businesswoman. Mm, thanks. Just, just making things happen in life. <laughs> okay. Um, how old are your kids though? I know you have a little, little, one. I have my little, little, little one is two. So okay. she's not super little, 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 but, um, she feels like my baby for sure. It's so funny. For she sure. seems so old to me. Uh, I think a third child syndrome is for sure a help there. And especially all same gender. Like she just sees two tiny, I'm sorry, opposite, two giant examples of what she wants to be when she grows up to be four and seven. So they're seven, four and two. Um, And she just like wants that life before it's, you know, ready for her. Yeah. So she does. She's super mature in the sense, like socially mature and situationally mature. She wants it all. Yeah. But I get it. I feel feel like a mini you. She really is. Yeah. We like She's, relate. Yeah. Okay. I see, every time you post something about her, I'm like, that is Aaron. Like, no, our hearts commune a little okay. bit in this. I was a baby. I was my third born. And so okay. every time I see her, she's like, mom, I want to go to school. I'm like, girl, I get you. Like, I get it. Yeah. I graduated high school and college at 17 and I was mm. super pissed at anybody that wanted to hold me back. So I have that voice in my head very clearly, um, especially being a woman and raising three little women. Um, I won't hold them back. I want to. Yeah hand the world to them when they're ready with the information that they need to go tackle it. But like, mm, I won't get in their way. See, I think that's another important thing too, is like, I, I, I could go on and on about this okay. women empowerment movement sure. and I won't do it because I don't want to <laughs> say something that people might mislead, but I do feel like there is a lot of pressure on women just in general, yeah. like to be perfect and to be Jeez, this yeah. like, anyways, then you become a mom and it's like, well, you should be a good mom and this is a good mom. And, and the empowerment movement kind of just for me spins this level of like, it's okay to be a mom and it's okay to be a mom who does something also. Right. And, um, I never want to be like, you should do both because whatever. No, but for me, Mm -hmm. That was a big thing with Grayson is like when he first entered this world, I was not a human Mm. I had recognized. Like I for sure dealt with postpartum depression, had all these things I had to work through. And I, and I'm so thankful I did because it's led me to this journey, but I'm still digging myself out of holes that I didn't know were there that I was like, oh man, I'm, I really got deep in that. And I got to like get myself out of it. But what's great about this, like balancing them and mm-hmm. like what I love about what you're doing is you are teaching your girls oh yeah to do 
something yeah that means something to you like mm-hmm. you're doing it because it's obviously your passion mm-hmm. your fire it's fueling you but you're also showing them like you can do it if mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. you can have a family and do this mm-hmm. you can be a woman business owner right and I think that's really awesome and admirable. So thank you for doing oh, that's that. Sweet. I, I love it. I do love that chance. Um, I didn't, I mean, you never know what kind of a mom gender situation you're going to be, but being a girl mom is like my jam. I love yeah. it. In fact, it might be my second reason for not having another kid is I'm like super terrified of having a boy. So we have funny. a good thing going here. Don't wreck it. <laughs> I don't so funny. I did what not I would do. want a girl. Oh, funny. I was like, no, I don't. I, I knew I was, ha- I was like, I'm having a girl. Like. <gasps> It's going to happen because I don't want one. And honestly, I didn't want one because I was terrified of that course. I wouldn't be the it's example not, she deserves to girl, have. Girl, it is not easy because yeah. there's direct, like, you could just walking, be a walking hypocrite all day long. Mm. And, like, it's a, I don't, it's, I have a whole gender parenting spiel I could go into. But, like, I think sometimes being the same sex parent, there's a, there's a weight there that is heavy because you're yeah you're showing them like this is what it looks like to be a woman Mm -hmm. and you can either just say there's one way you can encourage them that there's lots of ways um you know you can walk through it trying to hide all your mistakes so that they think they've got this most perfect example which is kind of you know a little probably more my experience or you can walk through sorry my experience as a child like you know watching a really perfect example not knowing many of the mistakes my mom made maybe till I was an adult or you can like expose them to age-appropriate information of your mistakes as you make them. So they understand Mm -hmm. there's no wrong way to be a woman as long as we move through this world bravely and kindly and however the hell you want to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's funny though, because I remember when I said I was having a boy and I said, Oh, I'm so glad I'm having a boy. And Mm -hmm. someone was like, why? Like you want a boy? Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I do. And I, I, we got on this whole conversation and this is when you said like be a hypocrite made yeah. me think about this is because I remember I was at work, I was telling somebody and I said, well, I had this whole nursery planned out though for a girl. <laughs> and they were like, well, tell me about it. And I said, well, I was going to put all these women like modge podge them onto the wall oh. that, and like, like women who made history, women mm-hmm. who, who didn't make history sure. and just be like, you know what, this is women are so powerful. Like yeah. you can do whatever I love you want. Well, it didn't, didn't make history. That's and like be able to have like quotes, all stuff. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, well, why wouldn't you do that in his room? Ooh. And I was like, cause I'm not as much of a feminist as I thought. Oh, like wow. I, it was this moment that I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. I yeah. still hold the same amount of pressure. Cause Crazy. now I have to yeah. show him like what a woman to me should be yeah. while breaking these like boxes and things that have been put on me. And I have to make sure that those women are represented in his life. Oh man, that's big. I did not do his nursery. (laughs) That's fair. It wasn't, it wasn't as like inspirational to me as it (laughs) may have sound right then. I did not end up doing that. It's more like woods theme. Yeah. Total boy. Yeah. I do. I like, I want to flip the podcast at some point, maybe another episode or something. Cause I want to know your thoughts on being a mom raising your opposite gender versus raising your, your same mm. gender because I kind of had this theory seeing as I've only ever done one gender raised girls yeah. that I kind of think that the same gender parent has more of the, the exemplar, exemplary role mm-hmm. and the, um, maybe even the tough love role like come on ladies like we gotta pull up these bootstraps mm. we don't just get to like fall on the floor we get to like find the Phillips head screwdriver and use it right like there's a little bit of that grit yeah. maybe mm-hmm. whereas Jake I think his most important 
value he's teaching his children is just love gooey mushy cuddly snuggly love right like you can do no wrong I'm always here I'm your dad I love you call me for anything let's cuddle just like what love should feel like from Mm. a man right like Mm -hmm. that's his number one job and goal yeah so I feel like mine's harder obviously because I I could just love sounds easy maybe not but um versus as a mom raising a son is it same when you switch like as a mom's role for a son just like this is what it should feel like to feel love and to feel supported and respected by the main woman in your life. And you just mm-hmm. get to like love on them. Whereas Dustin's role yeah. is like, this is what men look like. This is how men treat women. This is how men, yeah. you know. Interesting. You know, I, well, I'll let you flip it right now. Okay, flip I mean, it. Go, go, girl. Yeah. I don't even know what this podcast go, is about. It's, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about whatever. Okay. Um, interesting because uh, I've heard all these things over time. Like when a man has a daughter it changes them, right? It like right. alters their perception, all these things, which has always been something that I felt would benefit Dustin if we had a girl. Sure. Because he could kind of tap into this softer side softer mm-hmm. side that I don't think a lot of people get to see from him. Right. So, I, so even though I wanted a boy and he wanted a boy, I was like, I hope he has a girl just Aww, for that reason. Yeah. I, I don't want to... Um, let me think about how I want to answer that directly. I think that the mother's role in any child's life, in my experience, is always just more impactful than mm. anybody else's role, mm. no matter the state of that relationship, yeah. personally. I And maybe it's because I'm a girl and I have a connection uh-huh. with my mom or in a different connection with my dad. Like Maybe I just see that role in my life and I see it in Grayson's. I just really believe there is something about just women sure. and our instincts and our nurture that is for either gender um, shows them something, teaches them something. Yeah. Uh, I will say in the season that Grayson's in right now, I have no clue <laughs> if what I'm doing is like I was saying earlier, going to send him to therapy yeah. for 10 years or if it's like totally going to make him this like kick-ass human. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-uh. Um, so I'm just kind of like, mm, let's hope. But he just got into this realm of like real conversations mm-hmm. and, he's you two? know, he's two. Okay. You know, and he turned two in August. So, sure. I mean, I would say just right before Christmas, he was like having full blown conversations yeah. with us. It, and it's funny how it just changes one day. Oh yeah. Where you're like. I no longer have a baby. Oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. we're really talking all the time in the car. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can listen to music anymore and you just look at things. It's like full on conversation. Right. Um. So I've taken the approach of like, cool, I'm just going to teach him every lesson that I can. Like, I'm just going to like keep talking to him about all these things. And then recently, now that he's really repeating things and comprehending, I'm learning, maybe I'm going a little (laughs) too deep. (laughs) Maybe there are things I shouldn't give to him just because in context, he doesn't get it. And and so, you know, I think sometimes I take this like tough love. I got to teach him lessons because yeah. I'm the one in public when he's doing these sure. things that I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, we don't behave like that. right. <laughs> that's not okay. Right. And then also like when we snuggle, it's like mom snuggles yeah. less of like, where, where I think Dustin's more just like the play. Like yeah. he teaches him the sound effects and I try and Dustin right. Grayson's like, that's not what not, a car no, says. No, stop mom. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. And so he's just more like the play fun and... I feel like I kind of take on the like hat of almost all of it, which I feel like a lot of moms all of us do, do where all of us do where it's like you have to do all of them. So you're constantly switching like this is lesson time. This is play time. This right. is love time. And sometimes it's all in one. Mm-hmm. And 
So I don't know. How do you, if it's different, how do you think we find the line of what we're teaching our children? Like when we're giving them all these lessons and values Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where, um, we're teaching them what they need to know because it's age appropriate and in context for what they need, or we are reparenting something that triggered ourselves Mm. because it's our issue. Oh, I think, I don't think that there is a line. You don't think so? Like, I think that first off, I think the way you are as a human is because of how you were raised, obviously. And so I don't think if you, if you don't address that in right. your parenting, first, I don't know if that's possible. Right. Like I think we have these unconscious bias that totally. just are running through our bodies if we want them to or not. Totally. Um, so I just don't know if you can parent without that. Sure. In the back of your mind. I, but I think also those are, those are really valuable things that yeah. you know, were not things you want your child to have. So I think you can kind of come at it like, this is what I was taught and it really hurt me in like all these different areas. So I almost don't know if there should be a line. Like you should actually right. I think it is. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the only line that's there in, in my head is there will be times where I will parent something and immediately realize, Oh crap, that's my issue. Okay. I, Mm -hmm. I clearly have like a trigger point like almost my own childhood PTSD where now I'm parenting you with something that is my problem and I got to go work on that. Yeah. I will say I'm fortunate Grayson's too. So I don't know if we've done a ton of lessons yet. So I don't know, but here's what I think. I think one motherhood has taught me, I have to do a ton of self work. Like I'm in the self work realm. This podcast is a great journey for me. I am surrounding myself with people like whether it be on Instagram, like I'm surrounding myself with people I want to hear what they're saying I love that. because like there's just so much crap in the world right. that I could get really consumed by other people. But like I'm learning, I do get really consumed by other people. So yes. I need to, I just put people in front of me that I want to be in front of me. Good. Um, and so, but I'm learning that like yeah. it's hard. There's sometimes yeah. I get on Instagram and I'm like, I start this like comparison and mom guilt and I'm like, God, get off. Right. Listen to a motivational speaker, Mm -hmm. put on a podcast. Like I've got to like mentally put myself somewhere. Um, anyway, so motherhood has taught me, I got a lot of stuff I got to work on. But secondly, I've also learned from all these really awesome people I've surrounded myself with or interviewed that like, I don't know if you can really give them too much. So like in my Mm. mind, like you keep saying age appropriate, which I think is like a good guideline, but I also think kids can really handle a lot of stuff. They're really, we don't give them enough credit for what they can do and what they can teach us. Mm -hmm. So I'm at this stage where like when, when Grayson says, oh, that's weird. Like I'll talk to him about it and I'll Mm. be like, here's why that word is offensive to people or here's how that might make someone feel. And although it's going like way over his head. I want him to hear those Mm -hmm. words. And so, and like, sometimes he'll see something in public that he hasn't addressed, like a homeless person. And I'll talk about it. I'll be like, there's a drug issue. And they maybe surrounded themselves with wrong friends. Because one, I can figure out how I want to talk about it Mm -hmm. when he actually That's true, like risk when the risk is low. Like Mm -hmm. I can start my talk track. But second, I think that when you hear things like that, just even in like your little state, like even in your belly, like when you, he- when they hear this talking through it and everybody kind of gets a space and no one's like less important, mm-hmm. I think it starts to build a character in them that I wish I would have had. 100%. That I didn't, that I don't know if it's because it wasn't 
in my generation or because it wasn't talked about in my family. Right. I wish I didn't have to do that work today. I know. So I'm trying to get that out. It's almost Absolutely. like I'm doing the work on myself to grace. That's what I mean by reparenting is when yes. you're like, you're working out your own stuff as yeah. you parent your little kids. Yeah. You're end up reparenting yourself a little yeah. bit too, because you're kind of laying a new narrative over the lessons that you were taught and you're, you're reparenting those hurt places that maybe didn't get the right message the first time. Yeah. And, and things that I'm like really thankful that I didn't pick up totally like, that I'm like sitting here, like, how didn't I pick that up? Right. Like, how was I in this situation or in this place or raised in like a, not more so much my parents, but just like schooling, religion, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, how did I get so ingrained in this and not pick up the really bad things? And I'm so thankful right. that I don't have to do that type of work, Yeah, but it is still like, I don't know who, like, what do I believe and mm -hmm. where do I get this from? And I think talking it out now helps me. Yep. Like I'm just a talker. I need to like work through it Process out loud. Process it verbally. Um, so that's what I do. I talk about it out loud with Grayson. I do believe he's old enough to hear me too. everything. Like mm -hmm. I don't think, I don't really blind things from him. And maybe someday that might, when he's in kindergarten and he's talking about, I don't know, sex or mm -hmm. who knows what, it might kick me in the teeth with some parents no, or something. I don't think it'll kick you in the teeth, but you will, I think that's probably why age appropriate is a word that's on the tip of my tongue. Cause I've got three different ages yes. and it's very obvious to me. I can, t I can say like the same sentence and literally see it picked up three different ways yes. and then like come out of them in different ways. I'm like, Oh, you were ready. You weren't. And sometimes it's not even based on their age. It's their personalities that like the oldest and the youngest can handle it in my middle can't or something. Yes. And so there is a, there's a, a constant, you know, wondering in my head of like, who is, who, who do I need to have this conversation with based on what they've understood about this world? Like what they can even comprehend about these, these, these words I'm saying. And, and it, but I, I think you're, you're right that it's never wasted. Like yeah. I, I will always err on the side of honesty because mm -hmm. I do think that, um, I mean, I think we both come from a pretty sheltered background and, yeah. and that bit us in the ass a little bit growing up. Yeah. Well, and I just see like some of the moms I really look up to, like whether it be my friends or whether it be just on social media, mm -hmm. they take that stance of mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to talk about it. hundred percent. Like, and talk to me, it. it's like, if I'm going to like trial and error, which I totally believe it is mm -hmm. mother, like motherling, oh, mothering, yeah. if I can talk <laughs> from like start to finish is just trial and error. Yeah. It's like, I don't know if you're going to like that food, if you're not, if it's going right? to make your stomach upset. If it's not, I don't know if you're going to believe what I'm saying or not. Like, right? it's just this back and forth. I'd rather just err on the side of like, I'm going to do what they're doing. Cause mm. I like that. Yeah. I like that yep. versus trying to shelter or no. hide. No. And the thing is for me, I really believe if you don't give them enough, they're going to find it somewhere else. Oh, hundred like, percent. Be the first to the topic, like beat the world to yes. the punch like when it comes can, to the hard stuff. I don't want to say control the narrative. Cause then it kind of sounds like you're like painting something yeah, no. for them, but more like, I think about it like sweets. Like mm. when Grayson was little, I, I love sweets. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a sweet tooth through and through and I give Grayson sweets and I don't, I mean, there are things I consider cause he's got some health stuff from mm -hmm. his family that I want to make sure we don't create bad habits, sure. but I like chocolate. And if mm -hmm. I'm having chocolate, it's not fair for me and my sweet tooth self mm -hmm. to not give it to Grayson. Sure. And so, and I love it when he tries a sweet for the first time. <laughs> I mean, oh man, over Christmas, he tried a Frango. Oh. I felt really bad that no one was in the room. I thought, oh, I probably should have let people see this. Because oh. he took a bite and he kind of went back to what he was doing. And then he looked at me and was like, 
that was really good. Oh. And I was like, I know, honey, I know it's oh. so good. Um, but I got a lot of flack, you know, of oh, like, interesting. like, oh, sweets, that's too kind of young, a lot, or too sure. young, or, you know, you should watch that, mm-hmm. or people make comments. And I think of it the same way, like those parents who, who withhold sweets mm-hmm. from like a, I'm going to control it mm-hmm. type of way. In my experience, their kids find it elsewhere. And then they don't have this balance of like, oh, if I eat that much, my stomach hurts, or I don't like this chocolate, so I'm not going to waste my time on it. And for me, it's the same thing with like life lessons or information. Yes. I'm just going to give it to Grayson and hopefully he'll be a savvy enough member of society to be like, I'm going to take that and I'm (laughs) going to put my spin on this. And I hope that's what he does. So I have a theory on this. Okay. You'll find I have a theory on most opinionated (laughs) topics. Um, I believe what all of what you just said is as parents, we can either give inanimate objects or problems power or take away the power. Mm. So candy is for sure one of those in my head. I think that um, we give sweets and candy and food in general a lot of power when we have a lot of control over them in our kids' world. So when we mm-hmm. say you can't have it, you can only have this much. Take like Halloween, for example. And, mm-hmm. you know, they come home with this bucket of candy and his parents were super fearful. We don't want them to eat too much or we got to, you know, start off on the right foot with Halloween candy. What's our what's our parenting strategy about Halloween candy? You know, yeah. we make this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, we need parenting strategies for Halloween candy. But I do think that the power that we give the candy when we make this whole thing about it, Mm. as opposed to just let them experience a little natural consequence. So the first time my kids are, again, I do think age appropriate has to come into play because like I can't let this happen at six months old, obviously. Sure. But as soon as I feel like we're there and they can handle their own choices and handle a natural consequence, let it teach them. And so, you know, okay, so they eat way too much candy and their stomach hurts. They come to me and say, mom, too much candy hurts your stomach. Yes. And then I get to play dumb like, oh man, wow, that's a cool lesson that you just learned. And like, poof, candy no longer yeah. holds power over my kid. Well, I mean, it's so simple, but think about it. Like the best lessons in my life I've ever learned, I've learned because I actually did it yeah. and it sucked. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. I mean, I actually, I will say in the last like six months, I've taken the stance of like no advice. Like mm-hmm. I just don't give people advice. Right. And I have a 18 year old sister and she's getting in ready for college and oh. she's an adult. And when she comes over and she talks to me, I, I, I bite my tongue. Of course like, you do. Because at the same rate that I want to give her advice, those are the lessons she has to 100%. learn. 100%. And so I feel the same way with Grayson. Like yeah. I want to be like, you know what? I probably wouldn't jump off of that. Right. But like. How much more will you remember you when try? you did it like, yourself? You can yeah. try, I guess. I mean, yeah. obviously I don't let him jump off like. Bridges. Or anything. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, again, I don't want to put my fear level exactly. of like, I'm not adventurous, so I wouldn't do that. And also if I tell him not to jump on it, it just becomes something he wants. You just gave it power to do. Yes. And over him. Yes. And I now all he's just, just like thinking about it, like, oh, this thing that I, it just kind of has this goings around and around in his head of what would it be like if I did? Maybe I can, maybe the mom doesn't know I can fly. And if I just do yes. it, you know, versus don't give it any power, stay really neutral as that parent, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know. What do you think? Um, we oftentimes say as parents, Jake and I, that we want to risk while the risk is low. So let them try when the failure is not that bad, right? Because right? when you're risking at 21 in college with boys and 
drugs and alcohol, the risk is a little higher. And yeah. when you're risking it 40 with a family and marriage and actual dollars and a mortgage way higher. So yeah. like play around with debt when you're 10, like how can I make debt a thing when you're 10 yeah. and you can understand what it means to yeah. owe somebody something so that when you're not 18, you don't abuse something, right? Like you, you just take away the power yeah. oh, that it can have over you and the, the failure rate of, of like consequences you can't get back. Yeah. And you know, First off, I love that this is where this is going. Where has it gone? I don't. Where know. are we now, Sarah? <laughs> I don't know, but I do love this because um, I I think it kind of answers my question of like how it is that you can do what you do, mm. which is be this rock star mom, show up as a wife, and do all these things that you have mm-hmm. um, passion for. And I think it's I don't I don't want to say it's like self work, but it's the ability to self reflect. Oh it's the yeah. The ability to be like okay. This is where I'm at. This is why I'm there. Mm-hmm. What was good? What was bad? Like that whole thing is yes. like literally throughout this whole conversation, it's just like an eye opener to me that this is how you become successful in that is because you can do this. You can take a step back and it's not this like I'm a bad mom. It's just, okay, let's think about this scenario. Yeah. Cause I think so often moms and I've done it too, where I'm like, gosh, I'm just such a bad mom. I can't mm. do this. This is too much. I can't Mm-mm. take this on versus being like, wait a second. Why am I feeling like this? Mm-hmm. Was it because I was drained from something? Mm-hmm. Was it because it's the wrong hobby? Yeah. All those things. Because in the turn, it's all the things that we want to teach our kids someday. hundred percent. Yeah. All of it. So I'm going to say a word that could derail it, but I'm not going to let it okay. derail us. Um, I am about three years into an Enneagram journey. Okay. Do you Enneagram wise at all? Okay, that's okay. I, mean, I know what it is. Yeah, I think I know you my you number. Can't not yeah. in the 2020, not have heard yeah, that yeah. word. Um, it's a big deal for me. That was a really huge turning point because I am so brain based. Like I think and I think and I over process and I unproductively think. And I needed something to like train that. Like, what are we going to do with all mm-hmm. this thinking power? Um, because it, c- it could propel me to be this business mom, wife, and do all these things, or it could just like spiral me into a hole of despair and darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the Enneagram was just a tool for me. It's all it is, is a tool to kind of wrap a bow on why, why I think the way that I think. And, um, basically it taught me how to self-reflect because that's what you're saying, right? Is that the the power that that has over growth and that like what you can't, like it just takes the harness off of growth and now it's endless. You can go wherever you want to go, whatever that means. If that means you just want to be the best stay at home mom you can be, there you are being yeah. the very best you can be. But if you want to go take on the world by storm, you can too. But none of that I don't believe is possible unless you have learned how to self-reflect and how to self-reflect like your way. Cause mm-hmm. I believe that you would self-reflect and what the thoughts, the questions you need to be asking yourself could very well be much different than the ones I need to be asking myself sure. based on like what drives me and what drives you. I'm super fear based. So a mm-hmm. lot of my self-reflection is around fear. Whereas somebody who is, um, validation based might have a whole different like realm of questions they should be asking mm-hmm. themselves on a daily basis. Did I go to that coffee because I wanted that person to like me or did I go because it was really the best choice for me? You know? Yeah. So it's like the, the bottom line is if we're not asking ourselves self-reflective questions, find a tool, pick a book, listen to a podcast, find a motivational, like yeah. pick it, pick any, like throw a dart. You'll hit somebody who can yeah. give you some ideas on self-reflecting. For me, that's the Enneagram. I've loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, I literally can't imagine getting this far in a motherhood journey. I never would have been able to take on the extra extracurricular activities I'm doing if I hadn't had those tools Yeah. of self-reflection. Well, I want to ask you now yeah. to bring up a whole nother topic. All right, let's do it. Um, we're in this social media Bad. I'm good. Okay, you're good. Okay. 
we're in this like social media fad of like self-care, mm-hmm. right? It's like this hashtag, it's oh, geez. all this stuff. And again, I think it's like another layer of pressure for moms <laughs> personally, because I, I'm working this out. Like okay. this is me working this out yeah, out loud most of the time is like, I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on moms to do like this and this and, yep. and then like, if you're just doing this, then you're just doing this. And the right. word just becomes like Ugh. a stinger anyways. And then now there's like, well, you got to get self-care. Like right. if you're a good mom, it's self-care. Right. If you're a good side hustler, it's self-care. And then I went to a woman's meeting, Uh oh. which, uh, which is a great woman's Okay. Meeting. It was more my, my, um, Discovery. My discovery mm-hmm. of like, okay, this is broke. Like, we've really got to figure this out. Yeah. So I'm interested in your take. But I, I'm, it's a women in business meeting, mm-hmm. which again, I'm like a woman in passion. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I you're a woman here. in business. <laughs> so I show up and I'm like, I feel like an, in, uh, what do they say? Imposter. Whatever. Okay. Anyway. That's a whole other conversation. Yes. We won't go there. <laughs> so um, this woman was up doing a really great talk about like wellness in our business and like mm-hmm. how to like kind of cleanse, you know, the- sure mind body power type of thing and so she started to say like whatever self-care is for you and so she she like started to walk us through she's like I don't know if it's you know sitting on the couch with a book and a blanket and a cup of tea and like and I I was like gosh that sounds amazing (laughs) like I'm sitting there I'm like yeah I'm gonna go home and tonight I'm gonna put a big cozy blanket on me and make some tea and read a book and then I said I don't even like to read books. Oh, hilarious. And so I realized I'm romanticizing mm. self-care mm-hmm. because I'm told what self-care is for a woman, which is this book or a spa. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, wait a second, maybe that isn't what Your I needed. self-care, sure. And so I'm just curious, like, First off, do you have, I have self-care? Opinions. I have major self-care opinions. <laughs> and second, like, how do you think you find that mm-hmm. as a woman? Because I I know you've taken some self-care time, mm-hmm. like, through Instagram. Again, sure. I'm your hashtag stalker, <laughs> I guess. But, like, you took a weekend, and yeah. I was like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. I want to do that. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, wait a Wait, second. is that actually? Do I want to right, do that? Right. It's like this moment I have to realize what is self-care for me? Oh my gosh. So the fact that you can at least just stop and acknowledge that the world is trying to tell you how to feel and how to think, and that while yes, they are, it's really up to us to say, no, no, you can't tell me, you can give me examples and I can choose if that's how I feel and mm-hmm. if that's how I think. Like if you aren't coming into waking up in the morning with that mindset, you, we've lost a little bit already because like there's propaganda all over trying to tell us sure. this is what's going to make you feel better about yourself, whatever that is, mm-hmm. right? From so many different directions, I think that um, we can just easily spiral into like, yeah, not knowing at all who we are and thinking like, everything that's working for all these different people. I got to have all of this in my life. That's what makes us feel crazy. Yeah. Is that yeah. now we're just trying to do it all because yeah, there's so many examples. I got to do it all. Um, so well, and sorry, no, nope, off it. of that. The fear is then this mom now takes time to sit on the couch right. and read a book and drink tea. And at the end she's just tired and not right. fulfilled. Right. And so it's like this risk of like, if you don't take the time to figure out what self-care is for you, yes. now you've done what you were talking about earlier, which is you you've feel drained, guilty about it. Uh-huh. you feel guilty, and now your family pays for that. Yeah. And so yeah. it's like a never-ending circle. Like, 100%. what is self-care? Okay, so it's hard for me to answer these questions without going a little Enneagram because okay. um, to me, it's just, it's just a lens in which to see the world that okay. takes a lot of the trial and error out of it. So yeah. yeah, I think if you don't have any method of which you're approaching self-care, you're just gonna like try some stuff, you're gonna have to try some stuff. You're gonna have to like go get a drink and throw some darts 
come home, take a minute. How do I feel about it? Yeah. Am I tired? Am I empowered? What, what, what had just happened? Yeah. Um, and, but then it can get like so many variables where now it's like, okay, I went out with a group of friends and I feel awful. Well, was it cause I don't like going out with friends or cause I don't like those friends. Oh yeah. Right. So we have all mm-hmm. these variables and it does feel like all of a sudden I'm 30, how old am I? Two. And I have no idea <laughs> yeah, what yeah. my me time looks like. Cause mm-hmm. and I can say truthfully, this is still a journey for me. Um, especially being so busy with so many things. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. I'm going to break this down. So I would say I have energy that comes from a positive place and I have energy that comes from like anger. So mm-hmm. I can keep going forever, like an energizer, energizer bunny, but I can go out of like good filled up energy or just like running off of the fuel of pissed off energy, mm. like anger. Um, so I, it's taken me this long to realize I kept waiting to need self-care. I kept waiting to be like, I've hit the end of the road. Now I get to stop and oh, fill back up. And okay. it literally never comes for me. I just run and run. And now I'm just like pissed off running, mm. which is super detrimental to everybody around me. Um, so I think first of all, stop and let's figure out like you need self-care, whether you feel like you're into the rope or not, let's not get there. Like we got to figure out what that yeah. is. If you don't have that in your life in some kind of a way, we got to figure that out, prioritize it. Um, yeah. But I think we've got to stop the narrative that it's a spa day or it's a bath. Like yeah. I literally hate sitting in water that is now dirty because I sat in it for mm. an hour. Like baths are not my thing at See, all. See, baths are my thing. Oh my gosh, I don't I get them. I love baths. Maybe a hot tub, <laughs> but even like minimally and because the water's moving. Like I get, I'm so bored. I just sit there and I feel like it's oh, such yeah. a waste of time. The hot water drains my energy. Like I get out and I'm so slothy. Yeah. I'm over it. Yeah. So I think- See, that- I watch a show in the bath. I did, I did See, try that. It's okay. better at least a little bit. It's, yeah, I'm yeah. still bored out of my no, mind. No, I'm super bored it. if yeah. I'm not like, don't have my phone on me. That's weird. I don't Yeah. Do well, then I'm like, then like, I'm fear-based. I'm afraid I'm going to drop it in the water and electrocute yes. myself. So like, it's the whole thing. <laughs> so, um, if you're asking me, if the question is what is self-care for me? Um, like yesterday, I think I learned it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a new thing for me. It's yeah. a very current issue I'm working on, um, where, I think sometimes it, it sounds like it's supposed to be the selfish thing, like stop and read, stop and take a bath, whatever, but it's not, it's what's going to fill you back up to your like full tank. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, and I, I guess I'm going to try to use this as an example of how anybody could do it. Let's like try to go. What is the opposite of your most negative quality? Mm. Okay. And I think that's where you find your path to your version of self-care. Okay. So I would say that my worst place is when I'm spiraling. That's the word I use for like my personal hell, where I just, my brain is going a mile a minute. I'm unproductive as hell. I can't do anything. My brain's overactive. My body's totally paralyzed. I can't make a decision to save my life. Mm. Um, and just spiraling. And what do you think that's coming in? Because like, work. It's just like all yeah, the my things. My self-care is empty. Like there's, okay. I'm so depleted. I've got like all, everything that I'm doing, I love, but I'm doing so much of it and I'm not mm. stopping to refill. Okay. I'm empty, empty, empty. Um, and so what is the opposite of spiraling? The opposite for me is grounding. Mm. So then, okay. Okay. What grounds me? I know that what grounds me is silence and solitude a little bit because voices in my head are already really loud. So people around me just make it louder. Um, I just need to like find some quiet and some calm. Um, and it needs to be regular. And so my best place is when I wake up in the morning and I, uh, I can't read a book. It's not about like, what does that quiet time look like? It's mm-hmm. very specific, no outside voices. It has to just mostly be like, 
I would maybe call it even meditation, but even that mm-hmm. my own, my own voices are too loud. So like mm-hmm. it's, it's me, it's quiet, it's dark, it's a candle. Um, I, I really like essential oils for emotions. I like mm-hmm. to, they just really, um, take away like physical pressure in my chest, like stress. Yeah. So I just like, that is my self care is like a low light, quiet, dark, breathe for a few minutes. Um, maybe move a little bit, like a little bit of stretching. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, not a huge fan of meditating. I like more like affirmation kind. So I have a few mm-hmm. that I'll say to myself of, um, of what, it, what can I do? What am I capable sure. of? What do I reject? What do I accept? And just kind of set the kind of a idea for the day. But I think a lot of people would say that's just a morning routine. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a good way to start the day, but it actually is my self care. It's, it's yeah. where I, any, any moment of spiraling can stop and that's where I can reset. Yeah. So I think we got to open it, open it up, like wide, widen the idea of what could refuel you and don't, don't take it as this, like, it's got to be, um, fun or relaxing. Like those are weird words to me around self-care. Mm. It's not like it's supposed to be enjoy. It, it is enjoyable, but it's not, it's, it's just in a way it's still work. Like it's an yeah. active purposed thing that you're doing to fill back up. It's not just playing or relaxing. You know, I do wonder if that's part of it too. It's like showing up for yourself yes. is what's like empowering in a way or what is fueling up. Because I think as moms, we show up for a lot of people all day right. long. We show up for our child, obviously. We show up for our spouse or right. our friends or our family. And it's like, we're kind of just showing up. Mm-hmm. And then eventually it's like, okay, I'm going to show up for myself. And so yeah. what does that look like? That's, I love that you shared that. And I, and I do think that it's cool to like, take what people do for self care mm-hmm. and kind of make it for you. I just think having that time to, again, reflection yeah. of like, okay, that did work. That didn't work. Yeah. I'm tired, but I feel good. Mm-hmm. Like being able to really have those conversations. Cause sometimes it is like a night out with my right. husband and I'm not re- like, I'm exhausted the right. next day. Like I'm like, do not wake up. Yeah. Oh gosh. Don't yeah. get me out of bed. But I feel good, like that feels good to yes. me to get that time and to be his partner, just his partner, not having to worry about all these other things. I think it comes down to like, why are we calling that your self-care? Because that wasn't, that was a date night. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I mean like, yeah, yes, it was fun, but just because it was fun doesn't mean it was your self-care. Yeah. It, good point. You know? No, it is just like this journey of yeah. like, what is it? Exactly. Because I did this thing. I went on a full spa day, like- mm. I booked it on the calendar. I had this gift card from two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to use this. It's embarrassing. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I booked on the day. Dustin dropped me off at 930. And I was like, don't come back here till 430. <laughs> like, I'll see you later. And it was really great. But I was there and I thought, I would rather be here with my sister. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be more fun for mm-hmm. me. Like, talking to somebody or just being in that community. And I realized, okay, maybe a spa day is fun, but what really I love is like this uninterrupted girl time Mm -hmm. that a spa brings to me. And so it was great because Mm -hmm. I did get some rest. And then I learned, yeah, I would rather just go have coffee with my friends and not have my phone, like this forceful, no phone Yep, and forceful, like I'm going to be gone from this time to this time. And I'm doing this. Yep. And so now I'm like, okay, I think that's what I want. Mm. So for all my girlfriends who don't want to get like naked at a spa with me, <laughs> we're going to go have coffee. Cute. And for everyone else, we're going to the spa because it is just like this forced four walls of like no phone, yeah. no nothing, which is great. Yeah. I love that. But it is this journey. And, it, it and is. I, 
You mentioned Enneagram. So uh-huh. for those who don't know, it is an online kind of like personality test. Yes. Yes, I know. It's so Enneagram. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a tool. It's not just online. There's books, there's podcasts, oh, okay. there's all kinds of stuff, but it's mostly but you just take a, it online, right? The tool? Um, you can, there are tons of tests you can take online, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't actually think that testing even really works. I think that most people out there who have taken an Enneagram test and think they know their number don't it's I, tests, test okay, your I behavior. See. Um, and mm. you can't know your Enneagram number until you know your motivations. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you've read books. I'm deep into it, girl. The I'm deep into okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I'm well, a little see, that's junkie. A good, that's a good thing to know because I took the test mm-hmm. and when I took it, I thought, that's not me. Yeah. And I just it's dropped it. Because it was probably for sure away. wrong. We could, I could, I mean, we, we really, it's just a conversation with somebody who, who knows Enneagram really well, or there's my favorite book I could recommend. that's like Enneagram 101 basically. Okay. Um, but you got, yeah, you got to be willing to work those self-reflection muscles and really figure out not what you're doing, but why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Because um, two different numbers or two different kinds of people could do the exact same thing for completely different reasons. Interesting. Yeah. This has been so great. I know. I it's feel so like, good. I feel like I could just, you should just live here. <laughs> okay. How about we just live on this You have couch? a guest room. I Let's do. just keep yes. talking. Okay, great. No. Okay, well, um, I can't thank you enough for mm. taking time out of your busy schedule of and coming here. I, I have one last question Ask for you. Ask me. If you would want the moms listening to walk away with one thing, one piece of advice, what would it be? Wow. That's deep and steep. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess I would just say um, you're worth it. Mm. Whatever your dream is just like, please know that you are worth the work it takes to get there. Um, kind of like we're talking about with, with self care. I think we end up falling on the couch of the book out of exhaustion and then realizing that didn't really fill up our cup because we, we like give the least amount of effort to ourselves. Mm. And if we came at self care or our dreams or our goals with the same prior prioritizing that we put on the other people in our life, we showed up for ourselves. Like what, what could you do? Um, so just like give yourself the permission to be worth it. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. You're so welcome. Thanks for letting me come. I appreciate it. It was so fun. Come back. Okay. Let's do it again. We'll talk about all sorts of things. (laughs) Who even knows? Grab back. Who knows? Grab back. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.